0: Thanks for checking out the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. This is a conversation all about leadership, vision, and joining in God's activity wherever you are. You can find the show notes, links, and other helpful resources at hopechurchlv.com slash podcast, YouTube, or on your favorite podcast app. Thanks again for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Well, welcome to the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. For those of you that are watching on YouTube right over there, you are noticing right off the bat, this looks a little different. Uh, May sound a little different. We are not at Hope Church currently, right now in the green room as we normally are. Um, Pastor Vance and I are actually on the road on the Vance Pittman tour <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's go <laughs> no we are uh just traveling a few cities and uh just fell online where we were together for a few days so we thought we would do the podcast so welcome to uh, another episode this is episode number 54 54 normally I have it written down I'm kind of going off memory there but this is March 2021 we hope oh 2022. 2022 i'm a year behind and praise god it is not march 2020 (laughs) praise god uh march 2022 and today we are here in phoenix arizona gilbert arizona to be more precise um but for your for those of you not watching on youtube you've already heard the voice of the (laughs) one the only the man the myth the legend my pastor my mentor my friend vance Pittman. how are we today
1: I'm doing great, Scott. Yeah, we're having a lot of fun on this trip, Uh, hitting about five cities in 10 days. We're here in Arizona speaking from my buddy Adam Bailey at their conference, Vintage Con. Uh, Incredible environment last night. Uh, Excited about what God's doing there. Looking forward to speaking there again tonight and then from here on to Nashville. But yeah, excited about the opportunity to uh, do a podcast from Gilbert, Arizona. Yes. And looking forward
0: to it. So here we are in the hotel room. And uh, excited that you are joining us, and uh, and Vance, I-, I know you think a lot about uh, a lot about CrossFit, and uh, we just we just watched the announcement. We did uh, of twenty-two point one. For those of you who don't CrossFit, um, it's a big worldwide competition for three weeks, and you just actually signed up for the CrossFit Open I while we were at up
1: breakfast, and I also graded up into a new division i'm now in the 50 to 54 year old yes also known as the geriatric division (laughs) that i am now in so
0: so yeah we will be doing that workout if you (laughs) crossfit you will also be doing that workout like everyone else in the world and by the way vince yesterday at the conference that we were at uh somebody somebody requested that t-shirts be made that say, the man, the myth, the oh, oh, oh.
1: <laughs> It's so funny, the traction we've gotten. I mean, you just started doing that, like, randomly. Yep. And, like, everywhere we go now, we've had people come up to you and ask you to say it. Like, they want you to <laughs> say it. Uh, but last night, we were at the conference, and I think... Three people at the yeah. conference faithfully listened to the podcast, came up and said something, and I didn't know they asked you to print t-shirts yeah, up, but yeah. uh, that's great.
0: So shout out to you podcast listeners and YouTube watchers. Anytime you see Vance or me or both of us, uh, it is it really is a great encouragement is, every time man. we hear that that people care about what we're doing, 54 episodes in. So uh, today we're excited to jump into some more content Last month, uh, we did something new. I've gotten a lot of great feedback Um, just being off script. And if you watched it or listened to it, I had a bowl of uh, questions that I just pulled out and off script just asked you questions. We're back to our normal format um, in this Uh, way.
1: Scott, I will say I was really surprised by the responses we got. I know. A lot of people really enjoyed uh, the off script, yeah. So I think we definitely have to keep that in the rotation.
0: And it's fun too for me because I just get to keep you on your toes a little bit, yeah. and you had no idea what was coming. But today is more content that, um, kind of traditionally, what we've done is is as Pastor Vance and I are doing ministry together, and um, things either come up in leadership or um, things are just kind of bouncing around in your mind. You kind of send me some ideas, and this is kind of one of those that was in a journal. Uh, several months ago that you had sent me that we kind of worked on together. And and really, you saw in the title, we're talking today about the who we are before the what we are. Talking about identity, um, talking about as we serve in ministry, wherever you're serving in ministry, whether you are a pastor or a director or a leader in some form or fashion in ministry, um, really laying some foundational principles about your identity rather than who, what you do, the who you are before the what you are. And so, Vance, we're just going to give some a few principles. What, what are some introductory remarks yeah. you have just on that idea?
1: Well, just to ping off what you said, it, it is for those, obviously, it's definitely applicable to those in ministry leadership. But one of the things I think we have to do in thinking about kingdom collaboration and ministry in the century that we're in is, is think more about the marketplace and how we live out our faith in the everyday lanes of life and culture where we live. And so although these principles are for those in ministry leadership, if you're in leadership at a car dealership or at a school or at a uh, contracting firm, uh, an accounting firm, whatever it may be, if you have a responsibility of leadership and you're a Christian, Your job, in a sense, is ministry leadership because it's your opportunity to connect with people where they are, and these principles are going to be applicable for you as you hear these because, again, going back to this idea of who God made us to be, God made us human beings, not human doings, and the natural tendency of our flesh is we begin to wrap who we are into what we do, but it's very important from a biblical worldview perspective that we understand who we are. Before what we do and what we do then flows out of who we are and, and our success in what we do is really important or is really grounded. And the foundation of that is understanding who we are. So yes, these are for ministry leaders for sure. And there's actually, we're going to go through four if we have time, we'll hit a fifth. That's really for those that are in preaching ministry. Mm. Um, But (coughs) the first four of these are applicable, for you as a leader, wherever you're living in, whatever lane you're leading in. It's
0: awesome. So we'll just jump in. I'm going to kind of read this statement, and then, uh, Vance, you'll kind of unpack where that came from and and the leadership principle in it. So here's the first one. Vance said there's four. Uh, a fifth one that we, if we have time to get to that one, we'll, we'll uh, speak to specifically for pe- people in preaching ministry. Um, but here's the first one. Before we are shepherds, we are sons.
1: Yeah, Scott, for me, these were born, these statements I wrote down in a journal one morning after coming back from sabbatical last year, and we've talked about what God did in my life on that mm-hmm. sabbatical a couple of times in the podcast. And one of the things I said, I think, in the most recent one is that it was that book Gentle and Lowly by Dane Ortland, which, by the way, I'm reading is new and deeper now that's phenomenal. Um, but it was that... Um, that, that, that book that really allowed me to kind of fall back in love with Jesus, to not just be caught up in what I was doing. And, and it was out of that journey that I, I was sitting one day reflecting about who am I? As I was thinking about what God's called me to, to do and to be, who am I? And I wrote these down. And the first one you just said is, before we are shepherds, we are sons. Anyone involved in spiritual leadership in ministry has a responsibility for shepherding the souls that have been entrusted to them now we are under shepherds under the chief shepherd the lord jesus himself but we have a shepherding responsibility but that's also true for someone who's a school teacher they have a because they're a christian they they as an under shepherd to jesus have a responsibility in shepherding the souls of those for those that are not christ followers it's about bringing them to faith in christ introducing them to the person of christ for those that are christ followers it's about teaching them in such a way that you're building them up in their faith as well. Mm. So, But for any of us, before we have the responsibility of shepherding, we're sons or daughters. And I want to give you three statements that kind of unpack that. Here's the first one. Our identity must be in who we are in Christ and not what we do for Christ. This is in particularly uh, an important issue as it applies to men that are listening to this. Men, you let a group of men get together, and inside of three minutes, we'll <laughs> ask each other, so what do you do? Uh-huh. Because we measure ourselves based on what we do. What is our function? What is our job? What is our vocation? But our identity must be wrapped up in who we are in Christ. And This has become even an issue in secular culture in the last couple of years as we saw identity politics play out. With Republican versus Democrat, black versus white, immigrant versus American citizen, if we're not careful, our identity begins to be wrapped up in all these other things. But who we are in Christ is who our real identity is. Paul even said in Philippians, man, compared to knowing Christ, everything else is a pile of dung. It's Mm -hmm. a pile of rubble. And the word that he used is actually a very strong word Mm -hmm. In the Greek language, it would almost be an expletive where he said, man, compared to everything else, knowing Jesus just transcends everything. So um, you could say it this way, above all else, who I am is who I am in Christ. So that's the first statement. Before we're shepherds, we're sons, and our identity must be wrapped up in who I am in Christ and not what I do for Christ. And in ministry leadership, the, the, the temptation that I battle all the time is is drifting into my identity being wrapped up into what I do. The the sermons I preach, the people that I lead, the the buildings that we built, the budget that we raise. But at the end of the day, it's about who I am in Christ. So You got something Are you look I do. Say? I just
0: I just I think we we spent a few minutes on it. It's solid content, but um that is just I think maybe you need to pause <laughs> right there. Like the The identity crisis issue is such a big deal. I've listened to several podcasts of retired pastors mm. who, in their ministry, would think, "I I got it. I'm not what I do. I'm a son of God." And but when they retire, it's like what they thought intellectually got challenged in real life. Like I I really am now not a pastor. I'm yeah. a son of God. A retire, and so. I just, as you were talking, God just put it on my heart. Like maybe somebody's listening to this and intellectually you would say, yeah, I know that I, I, I got that check, but maybe do some heart work to find out what if tomorrow there wasn't your name on the desk? Yeah. What if tomorrow, like, would you really be okay to say I am a son or daughter of God and that's enough? Yeah. Um, and I know that's challenging for me. Um, and so I just think maybe somebody's listening to this, driving in the car, yeah. sitting at their desk and, and intellectually they know it, but in real life, thinking through the heart work of, are you okay with the fact that before you are a shepherd or a leader or, a, a, you know, you know, some sort of director or whatever, you are a son or a daughter of God. And that's enough above everything else. What, what Paul said, we just go, Oh yeah, I've heard that verse. That's like he had a lot of accolades. For sure. <laughs> and he says, compared to knowing Jesus, none of it matters. Absolutely. Um, so yeah. Well, I'm just...
1: living there right now, Scott, because yeah. I, when this podcast drops, yep, March 1st will be the day that my payroll flips. I'm now an employee of the North American Mission Board and no longer the senior pastor of Hope Church. Which
0: you have not been able to say for 21 years. 21 years.
1: That's, Yeah. And even past that, 21 years prior, people refer to me the way you did a minute ago. Mm-hmm. I'm traveling with Pastor Vance. Yep. Like that's become my name. Mm. And there may be still people that call me Pastor Vance yeah. because of their relationship. but like, am I okay? Huh? Like being Vance? Wow. Like I'm not Pastor Vance. Am I okay being mm. Vance? Mm. Uh, and no, if I don't understand this. Yeah. Because today, who I am is who I am in Christ. So mm. if the sermon goes great tonight or if the sermon doesn't go great tonight, I'm still a loved, accepted child of the Father. Wow. Uh, if this weekend our church is on point or is not on point, mm. like I'm a loved, accepted child of the Father. If we meet budget, if we don't meet budget, I'm a loved, accepted child of the Father. And we have to live there. Before we are shepherds, we are sons and daughters of, of God. That's awesome. Um, the second thing I'd say about it is that our identity is grounded in and grown through intimacy with Christ. So this, this principle of identity is something that the more you know him, if who you are is who you are in Christ, the more you know him, the more you know who you are Mm. and the more you understand your identity in him and how secure. And so, uh, one of the reasons why the enemy so seduces us to be to, to substitute things for time alone with the Father is to shake at the core of our identity, who we are in Christ. Mm. So we have to spend time with the Lord because our identity is grounded in and grown. the The more secure we become in our identity in Christ is rooted in our fellowship with Christ and knowing Him. And the security of that relationship breeds this identity. And the third thing I would say about it is our identity is a primary target of the enemy. It's not like you hear this and go, yep, that's right, and then you move on. No. Mm. Every day of my life, I have to battle my the wickedness of my flesh, the lust of the enemy, the, the, the temptation of the enemy to be seduced into wrapping my identity back up in what I do. Mm. This is not a one-and-done deal. It's over and over and over again. Before I'm a shepherd, I'm a son, mm. a son or a daughter of God. It's awesome.
0: Number two, before we are leaders, we are followers. Before we're leaders, we are followers. Unpack that for us.
1: Yeah. the the Folks that listen to the podcast have heard me say this over and (coughs) over again on the podcast, and that is long-term, you cannot lead what you do not live. Uh, And the flip side of that is short-term, you can. You can fake it in the short run. But long-term, you can't lead what you don't live because the fruit begins to, to, to come out. The, the, the grass begins to grow up through the cracks of the cement. Um, so before we're leaders, we're followers. And there are three things that I, I want to say to that for me that that means that I have to always remember. Number one is this issue of time alone with Jesus. The primary call on my life is not ministry. The primary call on my life is intimacy. He didn't call me to do something for Him. He called me to be with Him. And if I'm going to be effective in spiritual leadership, that rises and falls based on my time alone with Jesus because everything He desires to do through my life, He'll do out of the overflow what He's doing in my life. And Jesus didn't call me to Himself so that I could accomplish something. He called me to Himself that I could enjoy a relationship with Him. And as I enjoy a relationship with Him, the byproduct of that is He accomplishes something of value, eternal, significant value through my life, but it's out of the overflow of intimacy with Him. So before I'm a leader, I've got to be a follower of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And if we're not careful in in being a leader in ministry and in spiritual leadership, we begin to read our own press clippings, and we begin to think that somehow we're above these things, and that, well, I can take the day off. I'm good for this week. And, man, if you look at Jesus and the Gospels— every day alone with the father so time alone with jesus is the first thing i'd say about it before we're leaders we're followers number two we got to have constant conversation with jesus people that have heard me for any length of time have heard me say that that the primary call is not ministry it's intimacy ministry is what he does out of the overflow of intimacy but when i'm saying that intimacy is more than just my daily quiet time Mm. yes i need time alone with jesus But I also need to build into my life a practice of constant conversation with Jesus to to the point that your intimacy with Jesus becomes like breathing. like You don't have to think about breathing. You're breathing right now. Like You may be thinking about it because I said it, Mm -hmm. but most of the time we're not going, okay, I need to breathe. I need to breathe. I need to breathe. Breathing has just become, it's just a natural rhythm of the body because it's life-dependent. Life depends upon our... You stop Mm. breathing, you stop living. That's the way we have to get with this constant conversation with Jesus. It's practicing the presence of God. The way I like to say it is this, Scott. You're leaning into the conversation that's in front of you, while at the same time having another conversation inside of you with the Father through the Holy Spirit. Mm. So I'm at work. You bring me an issue, a problem, something's going on. And you're laying it out. Man, here's what's going on, here's the conflict, Mm -hmm. here's the the obstacle. I'm listening, I'm leaning into that conversation. You have my attention, but at the exact same time, on the inside, Mm. through the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit of God, I'm talking to the Father. Lord, you're hearing what He's saying. I don't I don't really know how to fix that. Mm. I don't know the answer to that. God, you got to give me wisdom in this moment. And sometimes if I'm having that conversation with you and you finish talking and I'm I don't know yet. I say, man, let's let's pray about that right now. Yeah. Like, and we just talk to the Father about it right then. And if you're not in an environment at work where you can stop and pray right there, you can still have that internal mm-hmm. conversation. And what I love is the more you practice this, it becomes like breathing. Mm-hmm. You find yourself in communion with the Father throughout the day. Yes, that time alone with Jesus in the morning is significant, but then
0: throughout the day, time alone. With the Father. Real quick, Vance, I think, no. um, yeah, because with this transition and everything going on at Hope, I've, i find myself in that situation a lot the last <laughs> few weeks, yeah. and when when you don't know what to do, that's really easy because yeah. you're like, God, when they finish talking, I need to know how to respond right now. The problem that I've found, and I'm curious what your thoughts are, is when it's not something you feel like you don't know what to do, and it's like you're, you're overconfident because you've been here before, yeah. a lot of times that conversation with God doesn't happen yeah. because I – oh, I got this. Yeah. Where dependence on the father is easy when you're like, I don't have a clue what to do. It, it becomes less, it, it becomes harder. And you start to work out of your own strength when you're like, oh man, I've been doing this thing forever. So for me, I know to encourage people listening or watching, like um, try, and I've been encouraging myself to do this. Like, what if I had that constant conversation with God, whether I knew what to do in my own strength yeah. or not, Yeah. Um, When you don't know, it's easy. When you do know, that's when you start operating out of your own flesh, and that's dangerous for me.
1: Well, the great danger of ministry and leadership is not success or not failure; it's success. Mm. Because when we have success, we think we know what we're doing and we know how to do it. And it's one of the. I love the illustration when Jesus healed blindness in the New Testament. There's about seven different ways he healed blindness. One time he spit in the guy's eye. Mm. One time he made him go wash. One time he put mud in his eye. One time he just spoke and he healed. All these different ways of how Jesus healed blindness. And I was thinking one day, why why didn't he just do it the same way every time? And I think I know why. Because if he did, we'd trust the method. Mm. And it wasn't the method. It was the man. What worked the last time when I was in that crisis situation isn't the idea I came up with. Hmm. It's the counsel that I received from the Holy Spirit and the Father. And the bottom line is yesterday's grace is not sufficient for today's battle. Just because yesterday he wanted to spit in the guy's eye doesn't mean today that's how he wants to do it. He may want to accomplish it a totally different way. So I can't rely. Now, it doesn't mean I can't look to my past experience for counsel, insight, and wisdom. We'll talk about that in a minute. But, I can't lean on it. I can look to it, but I can't lean on it because then I'm leaning on my own understanding Hmm. rather than trusting in the Lord with all my heart. And Proverbs speaks to that issue. Um, So, yeah, that constant conversation is is critical, whether I think I know what I'm doing or if I don't know what Mm -hmm. I'm doing. And it's okay sometimes to not know. It's okay to not have the answer and to have to to seek the Lord. Uh, the, The third thing I would say is time alone with Jesus, constant conversation, and then community with others following Jesus. This is a big deal. Most people in spiritual leadership still have their quiet time. Most people in spiritual leadership still talk to the Father in those moments throughout the day. If there's one we're going to give on, it's this one, community with others following Jesus. If we're not careful, we can begin to think we're above that. Man, I'm Mm. around Christians all the time. I work at a church. I'm involved in ministry leadership. I'm around these believers. Like I don't need community, but the bottom line is, we do. The principle of the New Testament is New Testament Christianity. No, there, there is no new t- Christianity in the New Testament that doesn't express itself in community. Mm-hmm. We need others and we need to be doing life with others. We need others speaking into our lives, holding us accountable, challenging us, inspiring us to grow, encouraging us when we're down. We need to be involved. And I, I talk to so many people in pastoral leadership in particular, but in ministry leadership who are lonely. Mm-hmm. You would know it because they're always around people, but they're alone. Spiritually, they're walking on, they're living on an island by themselves, and it's a dangerous place to be. Mm. Um, so, before we're leaders, we're followers. And part of that is time alone with Jesus, constant conversation with Jesus, and community with others following Jesus. That's
0: awesome. Number three, before we are teachers we are learners. Before we are teachers, we are learners.
1: Yeah, this is a posture of humility of the heart, you know, that we don't have it all figured out. Like, I've just accepted this new role at Sin Network, um, and I've been planting churches now for 21 years. I've been speaking into the Sin Network since it was founded. I put the guys in the room that helped with Kevin to build the Sin Network. Uh, But I can't come in as the expert who thinks he knows everything. So I've established a six-month process, five-fold strategies to, to help understand and learn. And right now, I did just before we recorded this, I did an interview with Uh, one of the members of our team. I've selected about 15% of our team, and I'm doing random interviews, asking them all the same 19 questions, trying to learn. Because it doesn't matter where you are on the journey, there is always more to be learned. Mm. So before we're teachers, and we have a responsibility as leaders to teach others, we have to be learners. Uh, You've heard me say before on the podcast, man, when we stop learning, we forfeit the right to lead. And so let me give you four ways that (laughs) I learn. These are four ways that I learn as a leader. Number one, I learn through disciplines. And in saying that, Scott, before we started recording, we talked about that word disciplines. I'm not talking about the spiritual disciplines I was talking about a moment ago of being with Jesus, practicing constant conversation, community. I'm not talking about spiritual disciplines. I'm talking about personal, practical disciplines that I've put into my life to make sure I'm learning. For example, one that's been in my life for 30 years, and one that I've always put on our team at Hope in ministry leadership is our team has to read at least one book a month, one book a month minimum to continue to grow and learn as a leader. So, reading books, listening to podcasts, I've got several that I like to listen to. I was not a podcast listener. But Scott got me into this, and now he's the man. Uh, He's not the myth and the legend, but he's the man. Um, (laughs) But uh, uh, I now listen to Guy Raz and and how I built this. I listen to History That Doesn't Suck. I listen to Great Dictators. I listen to these different podcasts to get – to, to learn and grow as a leader. And you just told me about another one. That, that
0: Wisdom that, from the top from Guy go. Ross. Guy another Ross. solid one, NPR. Yep.
1: Um, articles, conferences, conversations about best practices. These are disciplines I've put in my life to learn. Leaders are learners. It's a Proverbs principle. Uh, so I learned through disciplines. Number two, I learned through counsel from others. We need to get counsel. I'm talking to somebody right now who's praying through a major decision. And I encourage them. I say, here's what you need to do. You need to find five people who are not emotionally involved in this decision, five people who are not inside your organization who can give you objective counsel into the situation that you're navigating. And the reason is because I always say these three things. The reason I need counsel from others is my input is never enough, my perspective is always limited, and my flesh is always deceitful. I'll say those again. My input is never enough. I don't know everything. My perspective is always limited. I can't see everything and my flesh is always deceitful. My heart will lie to me. And for those reasons, I need to learn through counsel from others. I need the perspective, the input, the collective wisdom of community. Number three, I learn by leading as a team. We make better decisions together. I'm a better leader today because of Scott Worthington and Travis Ogle and Chip Briggs, and guys like that that are around me. I'm a better leader today because I'm leading with others who are speaking into my life and we're making decisions together. And it's the principle of Paul in the New Testament. Paul led, but he led together with others. Every time you see the name Paul in the Bible, the next word is almost always and. Paul and Barnabas, Paul and Silas, Paul and Timothy, Paul and John Mark. Sometimes it's Paul and a whole list of people. Um, But I learn through leading as a team. And then fourth, I learn by experiences. Uh, I look back and evaluate the principle of evaluation. I heard somebody say one time, you cannot expect what you do not inspect. Hmm. Um, And if we're not always evaluating our leadership, and here's a practical example. So at at Hope, every weekend, we preach three sermons, Thursday night and two on Sunday morning. After the Thursday night sermon, I pull two or three guys back there in the room. Scott, you're using that conversation, Pastor Edwards in that conversation, Travis using that conversation, Ricky. We get in the room and I just get feedback. I've been preaching 31 years, but after that sermon, I want to hear what did I do right, what did I do wrong, what do I need to fix by Sunday, what didn't come out right. It's that principle of evaluation, and I learn through the experience of evaluating successes, failures, strengths, weaknesses. So that's four ways. Before we are teachers, we are learners, and we learn through disciplines, counsel, leading as a team, and from
0: experiences. Solid. Here's the fourth one. Before we are in charge, we are under authority. Before we are in charge, we are under authority. Leadership means that we have been entrusted a level of authority, a level of
1: being in charge. Uh, But before we are in charge, before we are in authority, we are people under authority. Authority, and Scott, this is one that was real personal for me as I wrote it down because I was thinking in particular about three individuals that have impacted my life. I'm not going to call them by name. Some of them are people you wouldn't know anyway. Um, Some of them are one of one of them is somebody that's very well known. But I'm watching these people, these leaders that I love, who've impacted my life, and they've been leading for a long time. And I've watched them begin to value their own opinion like they do the Word of God. Mm. If we're not careful over time, we begin to think we know more than we really do. And if we're not careful, although we can preach with authority the Scriptures, we can begin to elevate our own opinions to the level of that which we preach from the Scriptures. And the bottom line is our opinion is of no more value than anybody else's. Mm. Um, It's what does the Word of God say? and I love that, that Jesus led like this. Um, one of Jesus' favorite words to refer to himself in the Gospel of John was the word sent. 33 different times in John's Gospel, Jesus refers to himself as being sent. The word sent is the Greek word apostello. It's a, a verb form of the word apostle. It means one sent out on a mission. Meaning this, Jesus did not lead as one in authority. Jesus led as one under authority. Hmm. authority. Now, Jesus was God in the flesh, but He was sent into the world. He referred to Himself as sent. He didn't say, I came. He said, mm-hmm. I was sent into the world by the Father. He, he, he carried out the mission of the Father on earth, and He led as one under authority, not as one in authority. Um, and as pastors, as spiritual leaders, as ministry leaders, and as Christians who are leading in the secular world, we need to remember that we lead Not as one in authority, but one under authority. The one that's in authority is the Lord Jesus himself. And we're simply leading under his authority Mm. in our lives. And let me give you two practical statements. Number one, here's what this means. God doesn't need us, Mm. but he's chosen to use us. If we're not careful over time as leaders, we start reading our own press clippings and we think that we matter more than we do. God does not need Vance Pittman. He doesn't need me. He doesn't need my input. He doesn't need my direction. He doesn't need my leadership. He doesn't need my creativity. He doesn't need my catalytic uh, fervor. He doesn't need any of that. Mm. But God in His sovereignty has chosen to use me as long as I live in submission to His authority and understand that He's the one in charge, not me. So God doesn't need us, but He's chosen to use us. And number two, He has a plan, and He doesn't need me to come up with one. Uh, I love the verse in 1 Thessalonians that says, chapter 5, verse 24, faithful is he who calls you, and he will also bring it to pass. He's not just faithful in the calling and then say, go figure it out. He mm. calls us, and then under his authority as we pursue him, he brings it to pass. So before we're in
0: charge, we are men and women
1: under the authority of God.
0: So there's your four. We, uh, we said we'd give you a bonus one just as we finish, Vance. This is for preaching people in leadership and preaching pastors. Before we are preachers, we are prayers. Yeah, yeah. Today, uh, thankfully, in the last 20, 30 years,
1: it feels like to me, and this is a subjective statement, but uh, there has been a rise of a priority being placed back on the Word of God. Hmm. I'm encouraged by the, 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 the generation I see coming up that has a zeal and passion for the Word. But we have to balance that with the tension of the New Testament that said, where the apostles said, we're going to devote ourselves to prayer. Hmm. And the ministry of the word. Those are the two wings of the plane. We we have to be men and women of the word of God, but we also have to be people who pray, hmm. people who seek the face of God in prayer. Twenty-six times in twenty-eight chapters of the book of Acts, you find the church praying or talking about praying. Twenty-six times in twenty-eight chapters, it's referenced. And almost always it's it's the church praying together. Hmm and so as as preachers before we're preachers we are prayers and the authority of god in preaching is not found in my presence in the pulpit it's found in my presence with the lord in prayer
0: wow. before i ever get to the pulpit um and we got to we got to remember that that's awesome i, I i'll close with Something I just wrote down under that one. Uh, I just finished. Uh, I th- I'm sure you've read it. It's Leonard Ravenhill's book, "Why Revival Tarries. Uh, uh, I just found it back in my bookshelf, and I needed an old school. Sometimes it's good to read some dead guys. that can they can rock your world. I like it. So uh, he said this, and I just wrote this down because I read it. Uh, I read it the day we were preparing for this. Today, God is bypassing men, not because they are too ignorant but because they are too self-sufficient. Brethren, our abilities have become our handicaps and our talents have become our stumbling blocks. Great word. Um, So we'll let Leonard Ravenhill end the podcast today. Hope you're enjoying your march. We'll be back. um, I will be back with not the senior pastor of Hope Church, but the (laughs) president of Sin Network and the founding pastor of Hope Church in April of 2022. We love you. Thanks for tuning in and we will catch you next month. Thanks again for joining us today for the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. If you enjoyed what you've heard, we would love to help spread the word. You can drop a comment on YouTube, leave a review on your favorite podcast app, or share this episode on your social media. Thanks again for joining us.